All right, welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nellie J, y'all, and we are Good Rookies. That's right. What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday to all you beautiful folks out there. And guess what? It is episode 36. 36, guys. Like, I'm just so excited because on this podcast, we have one of my homegirls, a sister from another, Fahim. Please introduce who we got. Yes, Nellie J. So we may have your sister from another, but she's our podcast family. Uh, we love her coming on to join us tonight. We had a great time last time. Uh, she's a veteran at this, so we're going to get through this well properly. Let's welcome a super entrepreneur. Let's welcome Crystal to the podcast today. Crystal. Crystal, oh, Crystal, yeah, Crystal, yeah, Crystal, yeah. Crystal. I really appreciate it. Like you guys said, um, last time was a good time. So I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, man. This girl knows her things, man. So Crystal, as a block entrepreneur in 2021, you had to face COVID last year, which a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, mentioned that it was not the easiest, but you were able to come out of that. Why did, why did you want to start Slay Chick? What was it that made you want to create your own company and, you know, design your own purses? Um, yeah, last year, last year was very difficult with COVID, but it was also really great in um, the new communities that were formed, um, especially online and the support uh, for small businesses that really erupted last year with COVID. Um, Personally, I started my business. I've always been creative in some aspect, um, always made things, uh, put things together. That's always kind of been, anyone who knows me knows I, I've always kind of had that vibe um, about me. And five years ago, I got laid off from one of my job that I had been at for seven years. And um, so I was off for a year. It was the first time not working for all my life. I've always had a job. And it was the first time in my 30s where I actually had a time to stop and think about what I wanted to do. And uh, my mom was the one who really was like, you've always done this. You've always sewn, created things, blah, blah, blah. See if you can turn it into something. And that's what I did. So I started um, in 2016. I started then. But I was reselling stuff. So while it was a business, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. So I kind of stopped that for a bit. And then I relaunched in 2018 um, with some real resale stuff, but also my own personal um, fashion accessory designs. And since then, it's been great. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, but it's very fulfilling because I feel like I'm equally yoked now with like my creative side and then my day job. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have a job that I also um, enjoy too. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why I started it and it's going really well and the, the support has been amazing. Um, I, I feel really blessed. Last year was a, a really great year, uh, especially near year's end. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, to the point it felt like a little overwhelming in a good sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great, and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing, and I have some new stuff I'll show at the end of the show, but um, yeah, so. That's awesome. Well, folks, you heard it from Crystal. Like, if you feel that you're not equally yoked, you're just working, you're not happy at your job, launch something. 
Worst case, it works out what better. And, and, and worst case, it doesn't go well the first time and you relaunch again, right, Crystal? Like, <laughs> there's yeah. many, yeah, like failure, sh um, failure or fear of failure um, should be not stopping you from pursuing your dreams. So, Crystal, what a great story. Thank you for being on the podcast. And uh, Fahim, let's get this show on the road, brother. All right. So, so we're just fresh off the heels of uh, Derek Chauvin. Mm, his verdict. verdict. Mm -hmm. Nelly J. Yeah, I mean, that day, it was actually, it was a good Tuesday that day. And I was like, Lord, we just posted our episode. Is it going to be a good Tuesday or not? Let's see. And um, I'm just happy that, I mean, the jury was what? They came back in 30 minutes, um, which was really quick. And, yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, this is good. That means maybe it's going to be guilty, right? Um, him, be, him being guilty in all three, I was shocked. And I heard some people, like some lawyers saying, oh, that's impossible. How could someone be guilty of all three? But folks, this is the first time we have someone kill someone like on like being recorded while being apprehended like there is not really there isn't really any like there's there's no legal count for this what he did so they had to try to create and make up things for this case so i thought the jury got it correct i don't think the jury was bullied by the media or or, or social media i really think everyone saw what happened he kneeled for nine minutes they said it was longer than eight was nine minutes um, and people were telling him to get off. So clearly, he didn't want this guy to live. He didn't, because as a human being, and I'm like, yo, if George Floyd was a white woman, a, a white boy, would this happen? No. So I was very happy that he was accountable. I was found guilty. However, th that same day, a girl got shot by the cops um, in Ohio. So it's just like justice will not will not ever be achieved until we have the system broken or, or, or revised or defunded, whatever you want to say it. Uh, how about you, Crystal, your thoughts on the whole Chauvin case and his verdict? Um, so, yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday already seems so long ago. <laughs> um, I was obviously, I'm, I'm very happy with the verdicts. Uh, they came back very quickly. They had rested the night before, the day before, maybe like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And the fact that they had a verdict so quickly to me meant that he they found him guilty right away if it had delivered it if it had been longer then you would have known they were thinking some people were thinking he might be guilt, um, innocent and were debating on what charges could stick but the fact mm -hmm. that it came back in 10 hours um i was very confident that they found him guilty i was very happy about that i was also very happy at the speed of which the trial took place it took place in less than a year um, from when the incident happened last year, uh, which I think was really great for the city because having something like that, like over your head for so long, over the cities, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, you just want to get it like resolved and just having that there. So the fact that they were able to do what's have the trial so quickly, um, prosecution present so strongly, the defense, uh, they did what they could. They, they just tried to throw something out there and obviously they did. didn't work. That's what they're paid to do, so I, I can't mm. even fault them for that. But it was it was obvious, it was clear as day. There was videotape there. He murdered him. There was no other explanation. He murdered him, and the jury saw that, 
and they convicted him. And I'm glad that, you know, for once it came back that way. Um, Cause I'm, I'm glad it came back that way. If it hadn't, I, Burn the whole place down. They would have burned, the, burned, the, Bur burned the whole place down. No, yeah. I mean, they had to. But I think the cool thing was that the chief, even the chief of police, the commissioner, they were all against Chauvin. Like, yeah. they were like, bro, what you did was not right. Like, yeah. all the witnesses that they had, like, you're right, the chief of police, like, all the, uh, the experts, the medical experts, they were like, he died from, I can't remember the exact medical term, but he yeah. died from simulation, whatever that yeah. term is. Yeah, I think, was yeah. That? So, yeah, I'm really happy with the verdict. Um, yeah, so it looks like we're all on the same page with this. Um, so, I mean, we got the verdict that we're all looking for. So we'll see how this uh, continues to progress with the others that have to have their time up. Uh, but we just mentioned about LeBron James and how LeBron, he texts about uh, you're next. And also mentioned accountability also, which I failed to mention before, which is something that is key. That one's still up in regards to uh, accountability. Uh, but we're talking about social media. Um, I also think it's important for us to talk about KD and what's going on with KD and, and, and uh, his social media presence right now. Is, He's an emotional um, man. Yeah. It, like, like, is it emotions only, or is it like a form of insecurity, like, or the need to be accepted? It's something deep. Like, he needs validation. He needs validation in every single form. It's it, it's it's interesting because you know the feud with him and Michael Rappaport, Rappaport right? Uh, that happened. Um, you know, as I read through everything, it's like. First of all, I, I, I've mixed feelings, right? I don't agree with what Katie said to him. It was disrespectful, yes, of course. Um, but if that's how you guys talk to each other on a normal, I maybe like I, like I don't know if that's true or not. But he said that. Like we talk worse than that all the time. Um, but I'm not cool with people posting private conversations on social media. Like if right. me and my friend have a discussion or we have a disagreement, that's between us. I don't think it's I don't think it's appropriate to post any private combos. On public that's just to me slime for me personally mm, right. um now if we were issue and and fine that happens i like how shannon handled K katie like bro you have my number call me you know what i'm saying like i'm not going back and forth with you on twitter like i'm not doing that today i'm a grown man call my phone right and because shot because shannon understands that i'm not going to post or share what we discuss on social media like let's discuss it it's an issue we talk about it offline and go ahead. But Katie didn't want to do that. So it's like, it's just two different extremes that he has. And I don't understand, like, it's not consistent to me. It's not. And like you said, validation. He likes to, uh, like, Chuck, like, like any commentator or anyone that attacks him or comments on him, he replies back. And it's like, is that really healthy for your mental health? Like, mentally, like, doing that all the time will uh, have a toll on your... On her spirit personally so i just hope he's okay like like, like is he depressed is he a therapist like he needs someone to talk to because this cannot go continue any any longer so there is another angle to look at it though when you mentioned about his mental health possibly you know keeping things bottled in can't be good for your mental health also so True. maybe uh you know he's taking i know he's a public figure and he's using a public platform he can't go after everyone who has something to say about him 
Uh, but if he knows these people, uh, and remember, we're not talking about him speaking about, you know, Billy. Nobody is, though. He's applying to Billy's and Johnny's and well, I would, fans. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say Shannon, who has a huge fo followers of Billy. No, I but not, but, no, but not Shannon. But I'm saying, like, like, right now, he replied to people on his comments. Like, he was replying to everyone for him. The problem wasn't just Shannon and mm -hmm. Michael. He was replying to fans under his comment that, that were agreeing with him. So, like, he was replying to everyone, not just those two people. <laughs> but you do want, if someone, an athlete's on there, it's funny. On some aspects, we look at that as great that the athletes have social engagement with their, with their fans, right? Like, imagine. So it's, it's fine to engage your fans, but why argue with someone that you don't know, like this person? You know what I mean? Like Shannon, Michael, right? So Michael's different. Michael posted your private conversation on social media. That right. to me was just bad, like personally, okay. for accounts. Shannon, Shannon commented on a, a post that he thought was real. And Katie said, it's not real. It's not real. How can you da-da-da and attack Shannon, right? Shannon replied, and people were commenting under their Twitters, yeah. and Katie was replying to people <laughs> that he didn't know because he was like, well, he's a bit of... So it's like he took that and saying, well, if you want to talk to me, do it on social media. Why talk privately? Da-da-da. It's like, Katie, bro. Like, and again, Katie will do that and drop 30 points that night, right? Like, it won't affect his game, but I'm saying his mental health is not, it's not good because even like Drake, Drake disabled his comment section because he, it, it, after a while, it took a toll on him. People mm -hmm. commenting negatively. Even, like, there's many stars who have disabled their comments because it's too much sometimes as a star. I get that. But Katie is just like, he'll comment for a month and then he'll stop. Because you could tell it, after a while it affects you. But anyway, I just think social media is good for engagement. Yes, Raheem, to show positive impact and support and being, you know, being a spokesperson for good things. But like having fights with people online that you don't know, after a while, I'm, gonna, I'm saying it'll take a toll on you. For sure it will. It has to. You're, you're, you're a human being. <laughs> Crystal? Um, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, from I think he needs to step away from social media because he clearly can't um, handle it. He he clearly can't handle what comes with it. Um, I mean, look, he used to have the burner account where he used to make fake tweets. Like, why why are you as a multimillionaire? considered top 10 to top five for some people in the game right now, having a burner account to talk about people. Like, you, why do you need this, like, fake outlet, right? Like, well, I, I, think, I think he needs to have the fake outlet because when he comes with his real outlet, people come after him like they just did. But he's being fake, though, regardless. Like, for me, sorry, for, mm -hmm. for, in my opinion, mm -hmm. if, if you can't stand to your word, you're being fake. Like, if you have to think of a medium where you're speaking, then that's not really you. If you have to hide behind, like, a, a persona to speak, personally, I don't, I still think that's being fake. I, I Agreed. I agree with you there. Well, I do, agree, I, I do agree about it being fake, like, the, the so. And I'll say why I also think that, too. Sorry to, to go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like what stems from a lot of this for KD is, I think we just, I can't remember who said it. He's insecure. 
Yeah, and I, that, I think yeah. he became insecure really, and this might be my bias coming in, when he jumped to the Warriors. And he did not. And why I say that is because I don't think he really understood what he was really doing when he jumped to the, the Warriors. What was and he I really doing? He was crapping out on his team and going to him and getting a, a ready-made, going on a ready-made team where he didn't have to do anything. They didn't need him to win. They could have still won, right? He went from losing to a team, right? Losing to the Warriors. Seven game series. Warriors team the <laughs> next year. A 73 and nine team. He wasn't needed. And why I say that, there's debate about blah, 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 blah. He could have, he can go anywhere, Ray, Ray, whatever, whatever. The fact that they changed the, the rules the year after, so it could never happen again. Because re the only reason they could do that was because the NBA had that influx of money that year. Mm -hmm. was able to pay KD that one year. And then after that one year, he could sign on to the Warriors later. And the NBA actually changed those rules because it was like, it created such a, a bad imbalance in the NBA yep. when he went over to the Warriors. Anyways, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Sorry. But I, think, <laughs> I think that really started this whole digression of what we, how we see KD and how he acts in the public. Mm. I don't think he was prepared for the scrutiny that came from that move. I don't think he was prepared for the questions on his legacy because of that move. And I think that all, like, all these reactions, he's always trying to prove himself. He's always trying to, like, like you, Katie, regardless of if, if, if you think his, his rings are valid, he's still top five. He's still top ten. Yeah, he's still top, top player, for sure. No one, no, he's, he, he's top, no, he's, he's, top. he's top five, but some people might put him as top ten. Top yeah. five, like yes, he's top five. Okay, so where do you put him in your top five? This ballpark. Okay, so I I would say if I'm gonna go off my top five, he would probably be. Would be oh, sorry, Hala. Would you make your top three? Are we doing it like? We're we're doing it like what you think is your top three? Would you in the put NBA KD, right now? In your top three okay so my my top three russ is gonna be there because i just think he yeah yeah like you love russ <laughs> yeah no, no, and, and, and and i really think he deserves to be there yeah okay. that's okay. fine so that's you fine think russ, you think russell westbrook is better than kd no and yes Okay. I think there are aspects that make Russ a better player. Let me make but it easy. Let me make it easy. Who has a better you. impact on a team? Probably KD. Let me make it easy for you. You're a GM of a team. You have a choice between Russell Westbrook and KD. Who are you taking? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think as a player, Russ is better. But if I had to think about the impact someone's going to make right away, it's going to be KD. And I would, I would, um, pick KD. I would sign KD. Yeah, I, I really understand. I guess I, I might be putting some personal like. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. <laughs> and that's fine, right? Like, your old opinion. Too, though, full mm. stop. I do believe that Russ is in that conversation. Like what oh, he yeah. does, I think translates very strongly as opposed to KD. I he can have an impact, but like, what what players, what teammates has he really made? I don't think he's any team he's been on. He I hasn't stacked. They've been he hasn't teams. contributed to the development of anyone that can be like, I play with him and because, but I could tell you if it wasn't for Russ, Katie would not be where he is right now. 
okay. And you know what? I, I get your train of thought, Crystal, but I just want to say this. Um, Katie played with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And Draymond Green. Don't forget Draymond Green, guys. No, I'll stop at Clay. Okay. <laughs> so rude. And Draymond. So he like he played with elite players. He yeah. went to the finals and he was the finals MVP. Meaning he played with elite players and he he's risen to be the best amongst really good players. So I mean, when you say about uh, Katie hasn't proven to make people. Um, he's proven that he can lead by being who he is, which is one of the. And best I don't think he league. has, quite honest. I don't think he has. So who led that team when they won the championship? Steph Curry, Steph. Steph. Yeah, to, to me, to me, Steph, Steph, that's Steph's team. That's Steph's team for you. Like I don't. Even Katie was there. To me, Katie was the best. Was the best. Was the best player on that team. I'm not denying that. But the leader of the team was Steph Curry. Steph. Steph could only contain Draymond. Katie could could not contain Draymond. Draymond would knock Katie off. He could, but Steph okay. can contain Draymond, Clay. That was their leader, and and hence why Draymond said, "Bro, this isn't your team, bro." Like Draymond and him had an argument because. I think Katie thought that he was the lead of the team, and they're like, no, Steph is. You're on our team. We're, we appreciate you being here, but our leader is Steph Curry. So to me, that team is led by Steph Curry, and I think Katie was on that team to give him a ring and to beat LeBron. That's it. That's it. Katie was on the team to be the best player on the team. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I said Katie was the best player on the team. No, you know what? You, how, how can you no. really say that he proved himself? Okay, in the finals. I'm not talking about in the finals. Yes, he elevated and he deserved, I agree, he deserved um, finals MVP. Because okay. he was overall the best player. Yeah, in the series for sure. That it was clear as day. I, I don't disagree with you. Okay. Well, I guess overall, what I'm trying to say is how can he be deemed like the best player mm-hmm. when, and his skills are so top, like top notch or whatever, mm-hmm. when he's coming to a team that was already there. He didn't have to, like, help them get there. He just got there after, like, losing to them the year before. He went there, and this, like, for lack of better re- ro- uh, words, rolled their coattails to the well, final. Oh, no, hold on. There's a difference. They went to KD. KD didn't go to them. No, uh, yeah, that's fine. What is? They, they, they went to KD and said, KD, we need you to put us over the hump. They, what hump though? Katie, they're the, they're Katie, the best Katie, season. Katie. The no. best season ever. <laughs> what Katie, hump, Fahim? No. I, I don't like disagree. They had no hump. They had no like, hump, yo. I them for wanting to get him. If you can get KD. Of course you get him. This is not on the words. This has nothing, this, it's on the words. This is on KD. So, and his, his aspect of thinking about his legacy and why I think he's so... Insecure. Like, he's insecure. It's because he knows his legacy was hurt when he made that move. It, it was. Warriors. It didn't hurt the Warriors. It hurt him because he left a team that beat him the year before to go to a team that was seven, 73 and 9. I don't care if they asked for him or not. And that takes your legacy down right away. I'm sorry. You didn't see, I mean, Jordan and Kobe are the same. Jordan and Kobe didn't do that. LeBron, I mean, LeBron, like to me, like to me, what Katie did was worse than LeBron, what LeBron did, <laughs> to be honest. To be honest. Why? Because yeah, at least the team worse. LeBron wasn't like that team, mm-hmm. even though it was like it was good, but he didn't. He didn't when he went to Miami. Miami was like 
like lower in the conference. They had yeah. way, obviously, but that way. But remember, like yeah. that Boston, that we think is Boston. Was like you come to me, you play with me, Kobe was like, <laughs> you play with me, and I will make you better. I will rise us up. So like, I was actually happy to see him go to the Nets because I'm too. like, okay, finally, let's too. see what you can do. Let's see how you can lead a team yeah. and develop it. And then they got Kyrie. I'm like, okay. And then they got um Harden. Um, and then they got uh, what's the kid from Clippers? Uh, Jordan. Um, uh, DeAndre. Um, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So we're doing this again. This this is the building of the team. Oh no. So you need staff players, staff players to to get you there again. I just think it's. I think this is what really leads his insecurity, and he takes it out on social media. And when people like question it, it triggers That's a good theory for him. You can't deny her theory for him. It's a very good theory because he needs like more social media management, media management. If they need to disable it, whatever. But I think that is what leads to these outbursts. Until he can get that set in his mind, he's going to continue to let all this affect him. For him, for him, there's no other player that acts this way on social media. There's none. No. None. We're on so, the same page. So, We're on the same page. So just what it, we kind of deviated was the questioning of where Katie yeah. could lay in the like, like, in, like, in the like Katie to me is the best player in the NBA. Personally, I think he's the best player in the NBA. Yeah. Him and LeBron are very close, but LeBron is good. But he's older now. But Katie, if I can pick Katie, LeBron, I'm picking Katie. Like he's really good scorer, a good like he could do it all. And he's tall. He's fast. Good passer. Like this guy's good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, so. so I'm not denying that. But to me, it's like being the best player, like being a top two player in the league is just on, it's just not really something people do. Like, normally the, the top best player in the league, you're kind of quiet. Like, I'm, I'm the king. I'm good. So, yeah, like, yeah. like, Katie's talented. Like, he's so talented for him that there's no need for him to prove himself because he does it on the court every night. And despite his social media, like, outbursts, I still think he's a great player. My thing is that for his mental health, like, I, it's very strange for a grown man to behave this way when he's the top of a, a superior league in sports in the world and he's acting this way. This is very strange for him. It's not something that you normally see by, like, even Beyonce. People, Beyonce's quiet. She ain't got to do nothing because her fans will defend her. Katie, you have fans, bro. Have, have your fans defend for you and just be quiet, bro. Like, 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 like you don't got to defend yourself. You got your fans there for, for that purpose. You know what I mean? Like, imagine Jay Z defending himself on Twitter. Jay Z or like Beyonce. No, because they're they're the best. It it and what they do. They don't have to do that stuff. So, Katie, my thing is that don't be insecure. Be confident. I know that you're doing well. And then if I'm Katie, I'll win a ring and shut everyone up. That's what I would do personally. Like, why talk on Twitter? That much though. That's the problem. So one last thing. So I missed that. So. I'm saying his rings don't mean that much. That's why he's so insecure. <laughs> Yo, Chris has fi shot fires for Katie tonight, boy. <laughs> it's true. If you if you're that level of whatever, why are you letting all these little minions affect you? Because you know the things they're saying are true. He feels insecure. I don't think his rings are that valid. <laughs> I think the only good ring that LeBron has is the, the year he won with Cleveland. The other ones, I don't think matter much. <laughs> what? LeBron, you don't woo! think LeBron's Miami rings matter when he, that's like he's at the peak of his prime? Those don't matter? I would say... Remember, that's where he, he got his first rings. Yeah, I realize. They don't his matter? First ring, I, his first ring when he conferenced... <laughs> Bosch to come over <laughs> the team when right. Allen saved their behinds 
right? Yeah, yeah. Ray Allen was the, was the real MVP on that team. Ray Allen, yeah. like, so, both, yeah, both years. <laughs> and even still, I think the LeBron ring in Cleveland is, is probably the best ring. But if you want to really go behind it, if Kyrie hadn't done his ish, they would not have won that series. Okay, Boston's ring with Allen, KG, and Paul Pierce. Does that matter? Mm, yes. They so beat, why does it? Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, they beat um, uh, Pistons that year, right? It was Pistons. I can't remember, I can't remember the, who they beat that, that, that finals. But I'm, remember, but remember they, Paul Pierce was there originally. And then they got yeah. KG, and they got Ray Allen. Yeah, but Ray, Allen, but but Ray's a, a, vet, a veteran though at that time. Like he was a vet player, which is fine. You get a vet player. It's like Clippers picking up um, Rondo. You know what I mean? It's the same principle. I'm I'm not just. It's the same like um, super team principle. They're the ones it that is. really actually started it. There are three franchise guys on one team. Yeah, they started this whole like let's come together and do this, and they were at the end of their careers, right? They didn't have rings. KG had been in Minnesota. That's true. So, so I I think okay. no, K, KG, you're right. He's in Minnesota. He's there yeah. for a while, but I think the same amount of time that KG was in Minnesota, pretty close, was when LeBron was in Cleveland and went to Miami. Not yeah, much no, 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 I'm not disagreeing. But what I'm saying okay. is, though, like, but the difference is though when LeBron did that, he was still young and at the top of his career. When KG went over to Boston, he was nearing the end of his career. He was an older player. He was. He was an older I, player. He, he wasn't older. still in his prime. He still wasn't probably one of the best power forwards when he was in, in, in he Boston. He was a top player, but, I, but, but, but wasn't the best player, though. His career, right? He wasn't the same young age. Because remember, LeBron started, well, obviously remember, LeBron was like, what, 17 when he started? So even if he went 18. after, like, after, <laughs> after like, high five, school. Whatever, he was still early 20s, as opposed to KG <laughs> in his years and also guys guys like have right keep in mind that there's many players in the past that have jumped to teams for rings like we saw many players their last two three years in their career or five years in the career they they ring chase lebron was ring chasing from this first year so he started the whole he did though so he, he was locked in and he knew he, he wasn't began gonna... the first ring chasing right away like he was in the early of his career ring chasing uh, how so, was he ring chasing he was he was drafted by cleveland how are you I, ring chasing no 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 but i'm saying no but i'm saying that most people ring chase for him towards the end of their career right, right. hence why like Yannis stayed in, in the bucks right now because he's right. not ring chasing yet but my thing is that like lebron he started this whole let's all talk about being together as friends and play together he started mm -hmm. that entire trend, right? To me personally, or Boston, either one. When he did it, now like started it, like, but not as not as obviously as they did. They were yeah. like, LeBron was like, "We're all gonna go win vacation, talk about our plan to leave our teams yeah, to go to Miami." Just for the record, Barkley went and played uh, at Houston. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, with Clyde Drexler. But how old was he and then? Elijah how old was he then, though? He was old. They're both. They're, yeah. Like Clyde was old too. <laughs> Malone did it with the Lakers. Malone yeah, went. No, but Peyton did it. Malone did it too. Peyton did it as well. Kemp. They all tried. Steve Nash went to the Lakers, trying yeah. to like get a ring at the end. See, those are old. But yeah, I, no. But I'm saying they were ring chasing, right? They're like, okay, let's. Where can I go that I can like finally do something? Even Shaq, towards the near end of his career, he went. To, he played with Cleveland. I don't know if you remember that. He was old yeah. and slow, and he was done. But he was like, he was trying to get like another ring. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, like um, I think Crystal hit it on the nose. Like Katie's insecurity, like his okay. social media rant started around that time, defending his decision. Again, listen, he's a grown ass man. He can do what the hell he wants. But I'm saying he's been on defense uh, on defense mode since then. 
mm-hmm. very defensive, very agitated. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just hope that he does resolve this because it's not healthy for himself or for his friends to see their boy like this. You know what I'm saying? If, if I was Katie's friend, I'd be, yo, bro, like, yo, bro, like, calm down, bro. Shut, who cares? Shut up. Ignore him. Ignore Got them. It. Like, why do you care? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so with KD, he was on a podcast and he was mentioning uh, his top five players that he's played with. He originally had Sergi Baca at number five, and then he was corrected to say that uh, Russell Westbrook. And then he, some people say he forgot genuinely. Some people said, you think there's shade also? Okay. Of course there was. Of course there's shade. <laughs> he's not even with it. He's not even okay. with it. It's so he's, obvious. He's human, though. He's, he's human. Though. He's human. He very easily could have forgot. He didn't forget. He saw his expression. He did not forget, especially when the the um <laughs> guys were like, "Oh, really? That's the fit? Okay, okay." He's like, "Yeah. Why else? Come on, you know he didn't forget." He did. I, I took it. As, I can't know, speak for he, Katie, but I, I'm gonna yeah. say that Westbrook is should be this top five for sure because yes. like that's just not make any sense. It's yes. like. It's like when um, Denver Nuggets slighted Carmelo Anthony, who was there for like a decade. Like, it makes no sense for him. I'm sorry. I don't know. I can't But he covered it that. up, though. Like, I mean, he came back. He retracted it. He admitted, hey, I forgot Russ. And he added Russ. And not only did he add Russ, he actually bumped Russ up a spot. He didn't put him at well, five. He he should. He corrected it. Again, Katie is just very, like, he's a very different dude. Russ. He set a new record for triple doubles. Most triple doubles. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, but Nelly J. It was uh, the re- the record that Russ has is most triple doubles. Triple double, I think, against every team. Against, against yeah, every yeah, team. Against in every the team league. he's done in the league, which hasn't been done before. Never done. So every team he's got a triple double against. That's yeah. quite a feat. Um, I just want to give a little bit of context to this, though. Uh, with the, when you shoot, so three point shots, how it goes is uh, longer shots, longer rebounds. That's just the facts. Now, in today's NBA, there's a lot more three points, a lot, lot, lot more three point shots than ever. Every year, it's a trend going upward. So, if you're going to have more three point shots, you're going to have more long rebounds because it's not a high percentage shot. So it makes it that much easier for guards to get rebounds. No, no, for him, no I don't think so. No, no. You're taught when you play, when you learn basketball is, you know, when your shot is off and to follow the rebound. Right. right but understand when you shoot, that means you're 25, 30 feet away from the basket. I mean, that means there's a big, yeah. a lot, big, no, there's I, a I lot that, of but play between, like, go ahead. But like, if you watch Russell's rebounds, like he, I've seen him rebound over like like seven feet, guys. Like he's not just rebounding three points, and also his his passing game, his assists, like is not just a rebound. I I just think that Russell is like on the court, he's a mammoth. Like this guy wants everything. He wants every ball, every basket. Like when he plays, he's just greedy for everything, and mm-hmm. that's and that intensity, that hunger to win, is why he has this this title because he like every game is up there. Like, 
I, I haven't seen Russell Westbrook ever play one game and be like just like slow and this guy oh. goes hard every game. So, so to me, it's not about the three point. I think it just work ethic because because if it was easy, then everyone would have one right now. We all we we'll see like we we'll see many players with the same thing as him, but Can this we, guy plays hard every day. But you do see there's more triple doubles now than ever. If you look at it in NBA history over the last five years, there's more triple doubles than there has been yes. ever. Oh, for sure. Because the yeah. game is evolving. You have, you have big men. Like, you can't be a big man in the NBA right now and not have the ability to shoot the three-point shot. Or you're a dinosaur. You're a DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. It's a great you know thing to see that when you have that extra tool. But also, too, let's also remember, assists are not easy to get. I think, to me, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. This is the harder of the three to attain. Right? Like, to me. Like, to a get rebound, over 10 assists a game for him? Yeah, like, to rebound your Ten. shot. Like, when you, like, again, when you shoot, you know when it's going to be off. And you know where it's good. Like, you, you always have an idea of where to go for it. Okay. Then you get your points. Layups, twos, whatever, threes. But assists? Assists depends on other people. You have to set them up, put them in positions to get that. And to me, that's the harder assist, the harder of the three. So when he has all these triple-doubles, it's showing you that he's getting 20, he's giving his team 20 to 30 points outside of him, right? Because yeah, that's, that's those amazing. 10 assists means he's helped his team get 20 to 30 points. I'm like guesstimating it, like some threes or whatever, yeah. Yeah. right? So he's adding that value, plus he's getting his own rebounds, plus he's adding his own points. My only knock on Russ will probably be, he, I know his, he shoots too much, his, so his percentage should be like, he shoots too much for his points sometimes, like, so he, he could cut that out. So I, that's probably his only knock on his game. But so that's why I think his, his triple double would mean, mean even more because of that particular one in particular. Yeah. I'm riding with you. I do think that uh, Russell's uh, glaring weakness is his three-point shooting. It seems over the years to be getting worse. Um, but he's, you know, you find other ways to get it done. Russell Westbrook gets that done. I know Russell was your boy, so I'm not even. I'm not even going there. No, I'm, it's, okay. I'm it's with okay. you. No, I'm with you. I'm well, with. But you. also, guys, like, what's cool about Russell as well is that, like, I think the game has changed. Like players now, back then we had only guards and fours. Now we have centers that act like guards. We have fourths acting like point guards. Like these athletes are so different than what we saw beforehand. We have guys that should only be playing power forward, but they could also shoot, drive to the rim. Like you know what I mean? So. The whole game, like Giannis, can play one to four if you want, or one to five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So these yes, guys have. So to me, th these athletes are better than the past, and he's still getting these, these numbers. So that to me is right. very impressive. Is that even though these players are getting better each generation, his numbers yeah. are still high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Younger kids who were born in like 1999 and like 2000. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're born in 2000 right now, playing in the NBA for him. That's crazy. That's Yo. <laughs> All right. So shout out to Russell Westbrook. Shout out. Uh, congrats, bro. All right, Nelly J, let's go to For the Culture. All right, y'all. For the culture. We like to highlight individuals that are for the culture. And today we're gonna highlight Serena Jamika Williams. That's right. <laughs> Full name. Guys, you know who she is. She's won 23 Grand Slams, uh, the most by any player in the open era, second most of all time. Her and her sister teamed up in 09, and they're part owners of the Miami Dolphins, an NFL team. Okay, big up. She did a five-part HBO docuseries back in 2010, 
2018, titled Being Serena. And now, now, we got Miss, Miss Serena Williams uh, doing a new TV deal with Amazon. And that will be uh, bringing her life story on the small screen, both professional and a personal life. Um, and it'll be a series of docu-series, just her sharing uh, different um, um, stories of her life. It'll be scripted, also stuff that also unscripted as well. So guys, Serena is just been for the culture, but this is someone where, you know, talk about, you know, watching black stories, right? Black stories. And she's probably one of the goats that we've seen today, but now being able to witness what she's been doing and kind of see her evolution is so beautiful. So what's your thoughts, guys, on Miss Serena Williams and her new TV deal with Amazon? So if, uh, Chris, you can go first, my dear. Uh. Like, she's bad. She's bad. Like, there's no other way to say it. She's the greatest female, the greatest, one of the greatest athletes that I will bear witness to, period, male or female. Um, and I love that she's already thinking, you know, of different things that she'll be able to do once she uh, retires fully. You know, she has this Amazon deal. Like you said, she's going to do docuseries. I also read that she's also... Um, going to be trying to develop other creative projects that might not center around her. Um, I don't know if you guys know this too. She opened, she has her own clothing line too that she yes. started like years ago. Um, so I love seeing when athletes diversify. And if you don't need, if you don't want to, that's fine. You don't have to. No one says that you have to do this and that. Um, but it's great to see that, you know, you can be more than an athlete. You can do other things. You can go into business and this creative out, you can be a business owner in this way. You can do your creative outlet here. You can play your sports. There's so many different avenues and it's just a great example. And again, like I said, Serena is bad. There's no body. Can't touch her. <laughs> can't touch her. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, cause I saw the HBO one, the HBO, the HBO um, one was really good. Yeah, it was. What you did with that one. So I'm, I'm interested to see whatever she develops for, with the Amazon deal. What is good to see is um, athletes, actresses, actors, uh, taking control of their own brand. And there's different platforms that's available now that have popped up over the last 10 years. Um, it's great to see that they are actually being in the driver's seat of and dictating um, their own brand. And the perfect example of that would be uh, Dave Chappelle, what he's done with Netflix. Um, Dave Chappelle uh, went to the system, again, distribution elsewhere, and now he's recognizing, you know what, I can go straight to the consumer uh, through them. Uh, I like to see that that's what's happening with Serena now, where Serena's uh, upping her business to another level and partnering with Amazon with this, uh, with the name of it is Plum Pictures, uh, Goal Hanger Films, and they're mm -hmm. partnering with Amazon Studios, and she's going to be executive producing this also. So that's money, man. Producer money is big money, you know. <laughs> right. So that, that that's where the power. That's where the power of this is. Um, yeah. You know, especially now where the timing couldn't be better for this because she's at the last chapter of her tennis career. Um, so, two more years for you. Stop this. <laughs> two, three more. <laughs> <laughs> she's toward the end of her career. Yeah, she's yeah she is. Yeah, toward the end, yes. And she has uh, <laughs> she her. Um, we know her on the court. Off the court, they've done other things also. But she's not oversaturating the market with uh, with behind the scenes and what's happening with her family. We don't we know what you know what we know. 
but there's so much more to figure out and, and to find out. So it's great to see that at this point, she's going to be able to show us uh, what she wants us to see and put it together in a package. So I'm really excited for this, you know, shout out to Serena for this and um, you know, best of luck with this. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. And just to like, also remind you guys that this year, uh, Will Smith, uh, he's doing a film um, that's called King Richard, which is about Serena's father. Sorry, Serena and Venus's father. That's coming out, I believe, in the fall, hopefully. Mm. But congrats to Serena, Amazon TV deal, make up on yourself, Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam. All bam, right. Bam. All right, Joe. So let's go transition to our last topic, which is that's absurd. That's absurd, Raheem, bro. What was absurd this week? What was absurd? So Zion Williamson had his debut at Madison Square Garden. Now to give some context, Madison Square Garden, uh, it's definitely a place uh, where players want to play, like just the environment, just being there. It's historic. So, it's Very also like New Yorkers, man. Those guys are a different kind of people, yo. <laughs> right. So uh, Zion goes, plays uh, w with his old roommate in college at Duke, uh, JR, uh, JR, RJ Barrett. Plays with RJ Barrett. And with RJ, they. Uh, so actually, I'll just go to the right to the question that I have. So. Zion in the press conference, he says he's gushing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so happy to be there. <laughs> so happy to be there and saying that he, he, other than New Orleans, New York, Madison Square Garden is his favorite place to play because he played there in the tournament. Now, the reason why we're going with that's absurd is he plays in New Orleans, a very small market. Small market teams have a hard time of holding on to marquee players. Mm -hmm. So that happens. It's kind of absurd for you to be saying how much you love playing in this place when you're playing elsewhere that's trying to keep you. Absurd. Nelly absurd. Um, I was just surprised that he called, like, the mecca of basketball in New York. Like, I don't think, like... To me, like, New York is a great city. It's the most populated. Um, you know, it's huge. But the way the way he was blushing, like, you swear there was a ting, like, waiting for him in, like, New Like, he was just gushing and blushing and just so, like, he was so happy to be there. I'm like, bro, this joy you've had, I haven't seen anywhere else but New York. So it's like, does he want to be there? Is he trying to say, hey, guys, in New York, like, I want to be here, but but not say it? So it was absurd for me because it seemed like, he wants to be there and, and stay there for the future. So, and, and like Nick fans are already like, yo, son, Zion. Cause you know, Nick fans are like that, right? They're already on this guy, but I don't know, like it's absurd, but I also feel like I don't, I understand because New Orleans is a small market. And if I'm Zion Williamson, I, I want to play somewhere that I can make the most impact for my career, even when I retire. And I think New York will be the place for him, to be honest. How about you, Crystal? Your thoughts on what he said? Um, so I guess I would say not absurd, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was that deep. I mean, this kid plays somewhere where there's like maybe like a million people and then he travels to New York, 
the Mecca, like the <laughs> world. He go, he's playing in Madison Square Garden. He's playing with an old, like, I just think it's just him being a kid, being super excited, not really realizing, like, he needs it to maybe tone it down a bit, a bit. But, like, I think it was really just, like, him being young and the fact that, like, so many players, I've seen this so many times where they're like, you know, LeBron used to do this when, when he first started. Like, I, I particularly enjoy this stadium or that stadium, right? Players, like baseball players, they love going to the old Yankee Stadium. That was like the mecca for them. For yeah. like, back in the day, you, the gardens was like the place where like, you, you just got a vibe from going there. And Madison Square Garden staples, I think to some people, it kind of feels that way too. So like, that's how I took it. Like, he was excited. This kid is is living somewhere with, that's not a big city. He's in the city now. Like everything is like, ooh, so shiny and bright. And he's excited. He's with his friends. You know, it's just a different environment. And he got all giddy. And that's all it <laughs> Obviously, not obviously, I think that team has a really good thing going for them. Young kids. Who, and who, who Pelicans or which, which team? Right, Pelicans. Nick Pelicans. Pelicans. Um, so it would be great if he stayed there, like, and to see what they could do. But we also know more than likely in a couple of years, he's going to move to a bigger city. Yeah, he's, he's moving like, for that's sure. Just so, like, I don't necessarily think because he was so giddy there means it's going to be New York. But, like, it's going to be more than likely that he is going to go to a bigger city. It might not be New York. It's going to be somewhere else. So I really just think he was just being a kid and just, like, so excited. And, like, I'm at Madison Square Garden. And you look up in the rafters and... Like, you know. No, but thing is, if Zion was going to make a move, like hypothetically, he has to wait six years. Yeah. Like, literally, he has to wait for his he contract walks. to get done. So imagine you live in New Orleans. Or, or, or bust a heart in, bust a heart in, and just right. force yourself force out of there. It. Remember, like, remember, but, like, but, like, but, like nowadays, players don't have to stay anywhere. They can just force themselves out. We're going to assume that he's, he's going he's gonna to play the he's game. Gonna right, the right, well, yeah. yeah, he's going to be there. Uh, you live in New Orleans right now, and it can't be a good feeling for you right now, knowing that regardless, you're, you're trying your best. Remember, they lost Anthony Davis. And actually, they lost Chris Paul first. They lost Anthony mm -hmm. Davis. It's not a destination. It's one of the smaller markets in the NBA. So they have it hard enough as it is. Do you really need in your first year of having this? Like, you're still in the honeymoon stage with this kid. And he's, he's pretty much showing you, hey, you know what? I'm a rental. I'm probably gonna go <laughs> to New York. He's showing that. I just think it's his age and not really appreciating Honestly, the situation. Right? It's like, funny, right? Like, he doesn't have the, the ability to really be like understand yet. Okay, that's not the best move for me to say that. I can, I can, I can show that I appreciate where I am and I, I love the opportunity to come here and play. But he's young. He doesn't get those those things yet. And I bet you after that though his media trainers or whatever they have, they all have this. Let's talk in the back. Yeah, they talk to him. Like, These are your speaking points next time. That's Zion. how you do it. And you will not see that happen again. You will not see that happen again. But you know what, guys? By the end of the day, Pelicans are 11th place and the Knicks are 4th. So... Like, no one's happy when they're losing. No one's happy. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how great potential is. When you're losing on a losing team, you're not happy. So Zion is not happy in the Pelicans because they're not winning enough games. Now, if they were, like, top six or seven in the, in the Western Conference, cool. But, the guys, the West is hard. You, you got Denver. You got all these good teams in the Western Conference. I can't see Zion staying there past two more years. Like, Zion's going to push his way out that door in two, at least two or three years. 
there's no way staying there like Katie and LeBron, like his Batman to his Robin. Until that, he's out. I'm sorry, he's not staying there for six years. Oh, no realistically, way. <laughs> he has he has a bat he has a Robin to his Batman. Brent Brennan Ingram, trust me, like he just won Most Improved Player. He's on the rise. He's a young player. He's, I know, he's but he's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. I don't care. He's not a superstar. He's now, not KD. He's not. Really, he's not good no, he's, he's good, guys. He's a good player, but Three, like four is he, years, he can he could really get to be a top. And that's what I'm saying. They have a good foundation, and it would be great if they could keep it because it would be like another kind of like that's what the Warriors did. Right. Like people remember the glitzy Warriors, but for years they steadily stacked. Yeah, okay, so yeah. did that too. They steadily stack and game That's players. That's true. We'll see, guys. But ultimately, it's going to come between, think about it, you're going to have Brandon Ingram, who's a good, or R.J. Barrett, someone who you are friends with, who's playing in the I think he wants R.J., y'all. I think he wants the R.J. train. He wants that's that. Why I'm, that's what I'm going with, yeah. Like, his media people probably pulled him up back and said, yeah, don't. They absolutely did. They like, like to. Next time, these are your speaking points. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you deal with that. You can express... Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta bring that down right yeah all right we'll see and that's well, a wrap that so was episode, episode 36 36 in the books ooh, ooh, y'all <laughs> tonight was a spicy night boy if you want spice tonight <laughs> no pepper sauce on this episode um <laughs> so crystal as you know we'd love to give our guests a chance to do a shout out um so please the floor is yours my dear um yes uh so thank you for having me um just keep a lookout for some new products that are launching on my website i have here i can't tell if you can see it closer closer lip gloss yes so i've been working on this for a long time and um, i'm very happy that it'll eventually be released for masses so that's one thing mm -hmm. um and just keep a lookout i i have i have signed up for markets uh which are like my favorite things to do because you get to meet people in person but obviously with the situation right now they're on hold uh so those will be delayed i'm very hopeful that at least by june or july we can do some markets and get back out there um, but yeah, so just uh, follow me on, on Instagram, slay underscore chick. And my website is www.slaychick.com. And yeah, thank you for the support. And I'll, it's, things are coming. It's been a busy time, but I'm working on things and slowly getting it out there. Oh, 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 I forgot to. Sorry. Um, I will be part of one of many um, Black Canadian sellers who will be showcasing their products at a pop-up store that will be located at Scarborough Town Center. Um, it, it will be run by uh, Black Owned. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. And it will be a store in Scarborough Town Center. If you're not from Scarborough, Scarborough Town Center is a major mall. Um, and it's a six-month lease. And my I will have stuff selling there along with other sellers. Uh, so it will be a great um, showcase of uh small business black small business owners uh in ontario uh, nice and when is this going to be because i know we're currently in a lockdown now so yeah. originally it was going to be may 27th 
right. um, was going to be the launch date. Uh-huh. Uh, fortunately, I'm, I think we can all kind of probably guess that at the end of this lockdown, we're probably going to go into another one. Um, so it's going to be pushed back. That will be updated shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but stay tuned for that. It's a really great initiative. Um, lots of great sellers selling multiple things. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just That's great amazing. to be in a major mall that is showcasing um, small business owners, particularly Black owners. Awesome. That's a great initiative. Awesome. Yep. Thank you for sharing that, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, this lockdown, uh, um, I saw Doug Ford crying today on the camera because he's upset about his ratings going down. But uh, so hopefully, this will be the last lockdown for the year. But yeah, guys, to support these black business owners, man, that's amazing, Crystal. And I can't wait uh, for you guys. Her lip glosses, I had one. I had samples from last uh, from Christmas, and they're great. They, they are very smooth. They smell well. So, yes, y'all, get your lip glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, my shout-out is to Crystal. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You know, I love that you're on here because you just keep it real. Keep it 100. <laughs> all we ask for, you know what I'm saying? Um, my other shout-out actually is to – we have a lady on here. Um, so, her name is Jennifer Jo Cobb. She's a very famous driver. And she's debuting herself as a NASCAR Top Series debut at Talladega Speedways at Geico 500 on April 25th. So that's huge. She's the first female driver since Danica Patrick in 2018 to drive in, in a cup race. So nice. big up, big up, um, bigger up, Jennifer uh, Jokov. I love seeing women, especially in sports, you know, competing against men. You know, I guess racing is the one sport you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really gender. It's just like race in a car. Yeah, yeah exactly. So hopefully... Like, like, uh, to be more women, you know, pursuing that career. So big up nice, Jennifer Cobb. Nice. Yeah. Nice. My shout out, uh, I want to shout out Crystal once again. Thanks for coming out. Uh, also want to, once again, want to put your lip gloss up again which, for the screen. Let's, <laughs> we're talking about Serena and, and oh, did, there we go. Slay thick. Um, and your website once again is, Slaychick, www.slaychick.com. Be sure to check her out. Um, I wouldn't be a good husband also if I didn't uh, big up my wife also. Shout out to my wife uh, on Instagram. It's beauty by A-Y-Y. Once again, it's beauty by I, beauty by A-Y-Y. She have being, we're talking about women and uh, black entrepreneur. She's having her own line of uh, eyebrow pencil and also. The struggle that Fahim has for makeup. Oh, yes. And also <laughs> eyelashes. And eyelashes. Dope. Yeah, mink eyelashes also. So, once awesome. again, uh, I know we have a lot of fellas tuning in today, but if you do have your lady, uh, be sure to have your lady check out slatechick.com. Have your lady check out on Instagram, Beauty by AYY, and support Black women. Absolutely. Protect Black women, support Black women, y'all. That's right. <laughs> so right. episode 36, guys. Please subscribe, like, and share with a friend. <laughs> That's right. You know where to find us? We're there for you on all platforms. That's Good Rookies, episode 36, and we out. Peace. Peace.